0: This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Rick Binder helps us to have that mountaintop experience as we meet Jesus in the Mass. Do you daydream during Mass? Do you wonder why the priest has what seems like eternal silent times? Well, this show will help you to have a different Mass experience. Rick Binder is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Could you lead us in a prayer for Sure, absolutely. All yeah, right.
1: absolutely. Great. So let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for the blessing of a beautiful day and this opportunity to gather here in your name to lead and inspire others to draw closer and ever nearer to you. You invited us to the mountaintop with you to experience life fully here on earth before you call us home to be forever in heaven with you. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit to be with us this hour, that our words and all that we say and share is for your glory and leads others closer to you and draws them to the mountaintop here on earth in the celebration of the Eucharist. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: Amen. All right. so by way of introduction, Rick Binder is from Hayes where he grew up on the family farm and operated the dairy and small grains operation. In 2004, he sold the dairy portion of the farm and after much discernment went into full-time youth ministry at Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish in Hayes. Currently, Rick is the Director of Family Life for the Diocese of Salina and is a theology teacher at Thomas More Prep Marion High School. Rick is married to Gala for thirty five years and they have four children and six grandchildren with a seventh in the womb oh my goodness we got all this around donetta
1: that? needs to update uh, her there information we, go. we, have, so we have, ten have 10 grandchildren, grandchildren.
2: <laughs> awesome really so, awesome and 35 so. years so that means you really uh, had quite a few children grandchildren in just the last uh, little bit uh,
1: we have uh, <laughs> just well since probably since donetta updated that and yeah anything, so, excellent. in the last year and a half so
2: nice. we'll
1: celebrate 36 years of marriage in september
2: Very beautiful. Awesome. Really, really great. So I know that your topic is meeting Jesus on the mountain. So where are we going with Jesus on the mountain?
1: Well, my favorite subject in the world to talk about is the Eucharist. And as many people know and are aware, they came out of Vatican II with the statement that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. The summit would imply it's the very mountaintop, the highest point we can reach here Mm -hmm. on earth Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. our Catholic lives. And so, you know, that that phrase has been thrown around. St. John Paul II, uh, when he was Pope, used that phrase frequently. The source and summit of our faith wrote on it, talked about it. But sometimes I think we attend Mass, and I just notice the people around me, and I wonder, are they aspiring to climb all the way to the top of Mount Sunflower out in western Kansas, which is basically just a flat hill with a little sign that says you're on the highest point in Kansas. Or do they recognize the mountaintop as maybe one of the peaks in Colorado or maybe even Mount Everest, the highest point in the world? So what is your mountaintop? Well, it's a nice phrase, Source and Summit, and it sounds exciting to say, okay, it's my mountaintop, But unless we really understand what the Eucharist is in our lives and what we're experiencing, Mm. it's hard to fully appreciate what that means. Mm. My guess is just from having been involved in ministry for a lot of years now and an opportunity to have conversations with a lot of people and talk about my favorite subject, which is my faith and the Eucharist in particular, so many of our adult Catholics don't have an understanding of the beauty of that one hour that we share in mass now it might be a little shorter a little longer but about an hour a week is really an eternal time in god's eyes we spend 60 minutes for god it's eternal and we enter into that eternal time with him and the world ceases to exist if you will that time we're with him and there's even language in the mass that talks about us lifting up our hearts to the lord and in that conversation we are Raising ourselves, we're climbing the mountain, we're ascending to the top of the mountain. Yes. And we're joining Jesus in that moment at the heavenly banquet. Mm-hmm. We're calling together the communion of saints. Mm-hmm. You know, I even told the students out of class the other day, Does anyone know when we ring the dinner bell? And, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up mm-hmm. on the farm where I mm-hmm. still remember a few times when the bell would be rung yeah. time to come in and eat.
3: Yes.
1: And it's dinner time. And we sing the holy, holy, holy call together the communion of saints on heaven, in heaven and on earth. Mm-hmm. It's dinner time, mm-hmm. time to gather at the table of our Lord. Mm-hmm. And so the summit, how do we ascend to the summit of our faith and really appreciate that? Well, I see it in so many people and I hear it when I share what actually happens at Mass. Cradle Catholics in particular will always ask the question, why did I not know this before mm-hmm. now? How come I've gone to Mass all my life and I'm only now learning how to climb the mountain? Mm. Well, there could be a lot of reasons. You know, maybe we could say um, we tried to give catechesis and so maybe we didn't use the right language to help people understand that. Maybe people weren't really paying attention or listening. I understand that, too. I teach religion class at TMP and I fully understand that very few of my students wake up in the morning and say, oh, I get to go to religion class today. I can hardly wait. I'm pretty sure that's not their their excitement (laughs) for the day. So, you know, the responsibility can fall in a lot of places. But the bottom line is we need to search and find out how to climb the mountain. So I love going out and talking about it. And so today that's just what I'd love to share with all of you is a little bit about how do we get up the side of the mountain to encounter Christ on the top. Mm -hmm. So... um, and it can go pretty deep. So the mountaintop, you know, there again, it can go in so deep. So I know we have a limited amount of time, uh, but there's so much happens in mass. There's, there's things that I don't think most of us fully appreciate, uh, just the significance of things like stained glass windows in church. They're beautiful, they draw our attention to the beauty of God and to all of the great saints and all of the things they teach us. They have teaching messages built within the stained glass window itself that can teach us. They were very popular at a time when not everybody could read and write, so it was a way for the church to teach through the images in the stained glass. But they also serve an extremely important function in that they shut the world out, When we enter into Mass, ideally, all of the windows in church should be stained glass windows. It's always a concern to me when I go to a church that has glass doors or the glass windows that you can see out or others can see in. And we're not hiding anything from anyone. It's more about it lets light in, but we have kind of removed ourselves from the world We've entered into a very holy space with God, and in that moment we have stepped outside of time as we know it, and we're in the eternal space with God. And so the stained glass windows serve that purpose of letting the light in, but also removing the world from our senses, if you will. So now we've entered into God's space and into His time, all eternity with Him. And as we do that, we present ourselves to him and we come before him and we gather as a community. Things that we do throughout mass, just little things like we always begin with the priest at the back so that he processes to the altar to gather us, to lead us to the presentation at the altar and bring us to God and say, here we are. Yeah. used to hear expressions from my grandma and grandpa in older generations of when you're struggling or suffering, offer it up,
3: mm-hmm.
1: offer it up. Yeah. Well, that, what did that mean? Yeah. Okay, I'll offer it up, but how do I do that? Just in prayer or is there something more significant that takes place to offer it up? And that's what we're going to do now. The priest in the person of Christ leads us to the altar to offer ourselves up, and that will become more significant as we move into the second and third parts of the Mass. So we gather, and then we have this conversation with the priest, and we have this conversation five times during Mass, and we actually changed the language here a few years back to something that I think speaks more to what that conversation actually is. The priest will say, "Let us begin." The Lord be with you. After the the sign of the cross, he says, "The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that four more times the rest of Mass. But in that conversation, it used to be, and also with you, and that always seemed like such a friendly greeting. Mm-hmm. Ah, good morning. The Lord be with you. Ah, I'm with you, Father. Also with you. Mm-hmm. That's not what. That is not what is happening in that moment. In that moment. The priest is saying a prayer, the Lord be with you Mm -hmm. because what you are about to do you cannot possibly do without God's help. The faith that you have and the grace that God pours into you through that faith is the only way you're going to be able to ascend this mountain. Mm -hmm. And so you need that help. I can't do that without some help from God and with your spirit because Nick Parker or Andy Hamakey cannot possibly... Take us to where they need to take us. They can only do it with the spirit that has been indelibly sealed in them through holy orders by the bishop. Mm -hmm. That grace conferred upon them, that spirit is what's going to enable them to stand in the person of Christ and lead us up that mountain. And so that's that conversation. He prays for us, we pray for him. It's a prayer, a fervent prayer. We say that prayer four more times at the beginning of the gospel the Lord be with you because there's no way I could sit there in that pew and see Christ standing before me to preach the gospel to me just on my own intellect. I need that gift of that prayer of faith in me to know that I'm in the presence of Christ and with your spirit because a regular man can't stand up there and do that. Only with the grace of God and the holy orders. And then at the beginning of the consecration, we have that conversation the Lord be with you and with your spirit
3: Mm.
1: lift your hearts up to the Lord Mm. we lift them up Mm. it is you know let us give him praise and thanks it is right and just Mm. right so that's that conversation we're going to climb the mountain now and you can't climb the mountain without some help Mm. you need Mm. God's grace in you you need faith and the priest can't lead us without those holy orders and then two more times at the sign of peace because the sign of peace isn't where we just take a time out and say okay we've done all this work now let's just have a little friendly greet our neighbor the sign of peace is actually for us to get up the mountain we have to do it together i cannot do it on my own i need the strength of the body of christ to help me And the only way I can be able to count on that strength of the body of Christ is to be in perfect peace with them. Mm -hmm. So the sign of peace means I'm saying peace be with you to the entire body of Christ, not just the people next to me. I don't get to pick and choose who I sit by in church so that I'm comfortable saying peace be with you. It Mm -hmm. extends to the entire body of Christ. Mm -hmm. In that moment. I need to find peace. Even if I walk out of church an hour later and struggle with somebody, I still need to ask God for that grace to have peace in that moment because we need to work together to get up to the mountaintop. Yeah. And then ultimately when we're sent out in mission at the end, Lord be with you and with your spirit because where we're about to go, the wolves want to attack and yeah. we need some help. Yeah. So that, that's kind of you know entering in. Uh, Learning about that, and then we settle in and we let God speak to us and shape and mold us and form us as he's forming us. Beautiful theology of of the Catholic Church is that God created us, he is creating us, and he will create us. Mm -hmm. We're not done yet. He's still shaping and molding and creating us, and it's a beautiful thing when we cooperate with that. Yes and allow Him to work on us and mold us instead of fighting against it and saying, no, I have a better plan. So we go into the liturgy, the Word, and we have this great conversation with God. And we have an opportunity, and it's a great conversation if we take the time to let Him do some of the talking. Mm-hmm. And we do a little more listening, yeah. which I have a problem with, as you can tell. <laughs> so, But we just listen and let Him shape us and mold us and work on us and help us see where we can be more in his image and likeness as he is creating us to be Yeah. and we work on that and so we've done some preparation work Yeah. so uh, you know we allow God to speak to us shape and mold us and, and work on our lives and really help us be created in his likeness and image but as we do that now we're going to prepare to actually en masse go up the mountain but I think to fully be able to climb the mountain we need to even take a step back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to the rest of our life and take a look at all of that. How are we preparing to climb the mountain? If I want to get all the way to the top of Mount Sunflower, basically I just need a couple of road signs that point me in the direction and enough gas in my tank to drive out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really not much effort at all. If I want to get to the top of Mount Everest, I'm going to have to spend months and months and months training. Mm-hmm. Learning how to breathe in, you know, very high altitudes with low oxygen levels, and learn how to. Uh, Strengthen my muscles so that as they are weakened by lack of oxygen that I can work through that. I'm going to have to have other people help me train and work on that. And the truth is to get all the way to the top of a mountain like that, I need a team. Mm. I can't get there all by myself. I might be able to get the last few hundred feet by myself because I know there's a few people that were the one that got to the top. But they only got there because a huge number of people helped them along the way. Yeah. They have a base camp, and they had people helping train them and work out with them and drive them to harder and harder workouts and just demand more from them so they'd be prepared to climb the mountaintop. Right. So what does our preparation look like? Uh, the Catholic Church gives us amazing things like all of the devotions we have, What is your devotion that helps you train? Are you a person that can pray the rosary and enter into that meditation with Christ and the mysteries of Christ and train to join Him at the mountaintop? Are you a person that is drawn to the chaplet or a particular novena that you like to pray? Perhaps uh, one of my favorites, very favorites, is the Way of the Cross, the Stations of the Cross. Mm that for me is jesus showing me clearing the way to climb the mountain he's clearing the path and showing me how to get up the mountain and what is your devotion how are you training and preparing and working out maybe you're surrounding yourself with people where you're in a prayer group with them or a discernment group a where you're breaking open the word together I, i go to a a group on Saturday mornings with a great group of men where we get together and we just read Sunday's readings and talk about how God's working in our lives mm-hmm. and challenge each other to be better. Yeah. I belong to another group of men, Marked Men for Christ, where we get together and we we work on our lives together and hold each other accountable to being stronger men. And if you need to make an announcement, no, 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 okay. No, so, so, surrounding ourselves with the people, sur- immersing ourselves in those Practices and, and ways of preparing to climb the mountain. Simply showing up on Sunday and saying, here I am, I want to get to the mountaintop, we can do that, and God will provide for us, but it will be much easier to do that if we have prepared in advance. Yeah. God will, f- will find a way to get us there, Yeah. but I want to do my part. So now I've worked on this, and I'm prepared, and I show up to Mass on Sunday. I don't just walk in the door and say, okay – is father about to come in, let's get going. Spend a little time thinking about what do I want to carry to the top of the mountain with me?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: What do I want to bring along?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What what do I want to leave behind?
3: Yeah.
1: What do I need to let go of? There's a great movie called The Mission. Uh, father Kevin Weber introduced it to me. And there's a scene in there where Robert De Niro is climbing this cliff with this big bag of all of his belongings on his back. Mm-hmm. And he's climbing the cliff, and it looks like he's not going to make it to the top. And there's a young priest and an old priest standing at the top of the cliff. And the young priest looks down and says, you know, doesn't he know he'll never make it carrying all that weight? Mm. He'll never make it. And the old priest doesn't say anything. And finally, he's almost to the top, and he's shaking, and he's not going to get there. He's just not going to make it. And the young priest takes his sword and cuts the bindings, and all of that crashes down to the ground. Mm. He's helping him, right? Mm. He can get to the top now. Mm. And Robert De Niro looks at him, kind of sighs, and climbs back down. Mm. And Mm. the young priest said, what is he doing? He can't carry all that up here. And the old priest said, only he can let go of that weight that he carries in his life.
3: Mm.
1: He Mm. has to let go. So what do I need to let go to be able to climb the mountain. Church gives us a beautiful sacrament of reconciliation,
3: Mm.
1: of coming to God and saying, this is weighing heavy on me. I I need to let go. I'm so sorry for what I've done. Help me. And God just releases all that weight, takes it away, and now I can climb. So we have to prepare. We have to be prepared and and do all of this. So now comes time to go. And we, you know, get distracted. It becomes a time in Mass when it can be very easy to get focused on things around us. The ushers are gonna come forward and they're gonna take up collection. And, you know, maybe at our parish, it's when the kids come back from, the little four and five year olds come back from We Words of Wisdom, and they're running down the aisles and we're noticing them. And I understand the need to do these things And I've managed to get to the point in my faith life where I can get past that, but I also know it can be a distraction. And so I pray for people in this moment, just just focus on the moment because the moment is critical. The moment is critical. Mm -hmm. We make a big deal out of the procession of gifts, the gift bearers. You know, I ask the kids all the time, have any of you ever been a gift bearer? A lot of hands in class go up. I said, you understand you have the most important job in mass other than the priest. You are literally responsible for getting all of us Mm. to the altar. You are carrying us. I said, you start at the back and it should be light. By the time you get to the front, your arms should hurt. It should be really heavy because all of us should be putting ourselves in your hands. Mm. You're carrying the bread and the wine.
3: Mm.
1: Well how can that be? And that's the part that I think most Catholics, cradle Catholics in particular, don't fully understand. Mm. The gifts are brought from the back to the front to gather us and collect us and offer us up. And God gave us the gift of us being able to understand that in the form of bread and wine. The bread is made of two ingredients and two ingredients only. The church is very adamant about that. Mm. There's been conversations about people that suffer from celiacs and other things that are are a real challenge to them how can we provide for them and the church is very careful about we do not want to stray away from the idea that the host is made of two ingredients wheat and water and it can only be those two ingredients Mm -hmm. well that is very significant to us to help us understand wheat is a life giving grain it feeds the world it is the staple that has been around for thousands of years and, and feeds the world. And God, Jesus spoke many times in parables about us being like grains of wheat, referred to us as grains of wheat, and we must die to ourselves, fall to the earth to have new life. As a farmer, I understand you put one grain of wheat in the ground, and it will sprout and grow and could produce you know, 60, 70, 80, 100 grains of wheat or more, depending on how it's fertilized and nurtured and that kind of thing. So it gives great life, one grain of wheat, Mm -hmm. but it has to become hardened and ripe and no longer growing and producing for that to happen. Yeah. So it happens. But as life-giving, it also feeds us. Well, in order for wheat to feed us, something very significant has to happen to it. If I took water and added water to a cupful of whole grains of wheat they would just kind of swell up and get puffy and eventually get soggy and mushy and rot and would be of no value in order for them to become something of value mm-hmm. for me to eat they need to be crushed and broken
3: mm-hmm.
1: they need to be ground down into flour yeah well if i'm a grain of wheat how do i become crushed and broken mm-hmm. i become crushed and broken because of life mm. the daily grind of life dealing with challenges that are presented to me on a regular basis sometimes i may have week up after week where that it's just kind of a little grinding it's not this big thing it might just be you well, know i had a tough day i'm you know i can't get all the work done i want to get done and i'm stressed a little bit by it it might be well you know i have a, a situation with a family member we're okay but you know I wish it was better so it just kind of grinds away at me maybe maybe it's something that in a moment I just am crushed in that instant that moment when um, you know I get the news that my grandson was rushed to the hospital because he had stopped breathing takes your breath away and in that moment all the fears of life come to you and bam you just crushed
3: Yeah.
1: what do you do? So we're all crushed and broken in one way or another. The water of our baptism unites us Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: bonds us together. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So the host that's offered up in sacrifice is spiritually lifting us. Mm -hmm. Now it will become substantially something very different. Mm But in that moment, because you and I can't climb up on the cross, you and I can't do what Jesus did, he said, bring yourself to me. I will let you bring yourself to me in this bread. Mm-hmm. You will understand what that means, and I will take it up on the altar, and I will transform it. It will become fully me, and then I will offer it back to, to nourish you. Yeah. So in that moment, we are bringing ourselves to the top of the mountain. Bring all of my crushed and brokenness to God. I put it in the bread. I put it in the bread. And I think of every week, it's something new. Some Most weeks, it's just little stuff. But I add my little stuff. Now, I can tell you, it takes a lot of grains of wheat to even make one little host. One grain of wheat won't make a host. It takes a lot of grains of wheat to make one single host, much less all of the hosts that are given out during Mass. So it takes a lot of us to gather together to make enough to put up on the altar.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right?
1: And if you take a grain of wheat and crush it up and just put it in a little bowl, the lightest gust of wind will just disperse it.
3: Yeah,
1: It'll blow away. If you add a lot of grains of wheat and it becomes a cup of flour, now it can still just be a fan would blow it away Mm. but you add water to it and it becomes like paste almost it it adheres together and Mm -hmm. sticks together and can't be easily taken apart anymore yeah you can't separate grains of wheat out anymore you can maybe you know move a pile of it to one side or the other but it's still going to be bound together in that moment the water of our baptism
3: Mm. binds Mm -hmm. us Mm. in our
1: brokenness and in our struggles Mm -hmm. well when we think of Jesus on the cross, can you imagine anything in your life where somebody was more broken, more crushed? The wounds, the what he suffered through, the scourging at the pillar, the crowning of thorns, the the bruises on his body and everything? Yeah. He says, I know you're crushed in brokenness. I know your fears in life. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane fervently.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Please, Lord, I beg you, let this cup pass me by. So, So desperately he prayed that droplets of blood poured out of him like sweat
3: yeah
1: alright so he knows our fear he knows our temptations he went out into the desert and was tempted he knows the temptation to to do other things and he said but it's the words of my father that matter the most and eternal life he knows our our temptation to be angry he was on the cross and anybody have a right to be angry it was him yeah. but he said forgive them for they don't know what they do yes he understands what it's like to be Shamed, You know, he was nailed to a cross, completely naked on the cross and, and bared to the world and, and ridiculed and spat on and made fun of and just treated horribly in shame. Yeah. And yet he said, it's okay. Bring all of that to me. Let it die on this cross with me yeah. and I will restore you to new life. Yeah. I will lift you up.
0: We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about Meeting Jesus, a mountaintop experience with Rick Binder. One body. back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, one body, one body, stewarding Meeting God's Jesus, creation. A Mountaintop Experience,
4: One Body, One Body,
0: with Rick Binder,
4: One Body Stewarding God's Creation.
0: Kelly Roper conducts the interview. Rick Binder,
2: I'm um, talking about meeting Jesus on the mountain and really relating that to the mass. And and it's just beautiful the way that that you are pulling all of this together for us. So can we continue with that?
1: Sure. So, you know, we talked about our brokenness and and those struggles and letting those bringing that in the bread and the crushed wheat and the water of baptism joining us and Then there's the other part of our life. We have joys, too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might hear the the blood being referred to as the cup of joy, Mm -hmm. cup of salvation, cup of joy. Uh, I love love that understanding of that. But, you know, here in Ellis County, Kansas, uh, good old fashioned wedding, Volga German wedding would involve maybe a little bit of wine. It might be in the form of, you know, a little bit different than wine exactly. But Wedding Feast of Cana, Jesus and all of his friends and everyone celebrated with wine at the Wedding Feast of Cana. So it's a joyful thing. The wine is a celebratory type thing. Well, what are all those great things that happened in my life this week? Uh, My grandson that was rushed to the hospital Mm. survived. And he's doing well and he's growing and starting to just show you know some personality and it's exciting and so what a beautiful joy and, and the joy of being married to my wife for over 35 years and all that that's meant to me and the the joy of getting called to be a teacher at Thomas More Prep Mary and, and being in that religion class with young people every day and sharing my faith with them and growing together and the joy of uh, being here on the radio station and what all the mm-hmm. station has meant to me in the last many years, listening to great people in my life like Jimmy Aiken and John Martinoni and David Anders and, and so many others. And, you know, just what that means to me. What a joy it is. And, and my friend Cody Morencer, who I give a bad time, and what a joy it is to see him every day. And I could go on and on about those wonderful things in my life. Yeah. Well, I put all of those in the cup. As that is being carried forward, I think about those moments in my life And I make sure every week I put that in the cup. And I wonder how can we possibly think of the cup of joy being a joyful thing representing the blood of Christ being poured out on the cross. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But the most joyful thing that we will ever know here on earth is when Jesus poured out his last drop of blood on the cross. As horrific as it was that he suffered and went through all of that agony and his passion for us and was nailed to that cross and died on the cross, that last drop of blood opened the gates of heaven. That last drop of blood gave us great hope of what eternal life can be with him. It was the moment that all of our hearts could be lifted up to the top of the mountain. And so what greater joy could we ever know? Mm -hmm. So I put all of my joy, all of those things. and some weeks, things in my life go in both. It goes in my life, you know, in the cup of how blessed I am to be a husband, a father and grandfather, but sometimes that goes in the bread at the same time because of the worry and the stress and the the fear I have and, and what I want for them. And so I wouldn't take the joy away so that I wouldn't have the brokenness. I, the brokenness is a gift that I can worry,
3: Yeah.
1: that I'm blessed to have that gift in my life. Yeah. But it's it's still doesn't mean I'm not stressed but that's so joyful too right. so I put my life in the bread and I put my life in the cup it's received on the on the altar and and father shares a conversation with us um, blessed are you Lord God of all creation for through your goodness we have this bread we offer you mm. fruit of the earth and work mm. of human hands mm. God does all the heavy lifting mm. God created wheat there is no scientist in the world that can create wheat we have scientists that can genetically improve wheat so it produces more so it's more disease resistant so that it is drought resistant we can improve and, and work on that we can be good stewards god mm-hmm. said i want you to be stewards i want to give you dominion over this i want you to increase and enhance what i've done for you yeah. and bring it back to me we can do that but we can't create it only god can create it so he does all the heavy lifting And now he asks us just to do our small part. For wheat to become bread, it needs to be crushed and broken. It takes the work of human hands. And then human hands have to add the water and bake it. God didn't create us just for his amusement to be puppets and and just toy with us. He wants to be in relationship with us. He said, be with me on this journey. Be here with me. And then we give him the wine, and he says, "'Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, "'for through your goodness we have the wine we offer you, "'fruit of the vine and work of human hands.'" God created the grapes. God gave us all of the ability for those, and he created the process through which grapes can become wine. That was a natural process before humans ever had anything to do with it. He he gave it all to us, but he said, "'Now I need you to assist me a little bit.
3: "'Use
1: your hands.'" So in the sacrifice at the Mass, He's going to do the heavy lifting. He's the one that was on the cross. He's the one that suffered the agony in the garden. He's the one that was scourged at the pillar. He's the one that wore the crown of thorns. He did it all. He's the one that was nailed. He did all the heavy lifting. He said, all I want you to do is bring your small part. Mm -hmm. And I'll even give you a really easy way for you to do that. Just put it in the bread. Just put it in the wine, and I will do the rest. And he takes that gift on the altar, and then the priest, Lord be with you and with your spirit, Mm -hmm. the priest, with the grace in him through holy orders and the Spirit of God dwelling within him in that very beautiful sacrament, then calls on the Father to send the Holy Spirit to Mm -hmm. offer up the sacrifice and transform it into his very self. And in, that, in those words, the priest uses the word remembrance, which is a, the best we can do in translation. The word that was actually used by Jesus at the Last Supper was aminesis, a Greek word, aminesis. And the Jews would have understand, understood the word aminesis to mean make present now to make it present now. It is not recalling or thinking back to or remembering as we think of that word. Mm -hmm. It is to make whatever he is saying is happening present now. So we've entered into this place where the world is blocked out through these stained glass windows. We've entered into God's time and space, into eternity with him. And in that moment, God the Father is not looking at something that happened 2,000 years ago over here mm-hmm. on his left and then over here is a, he's seeing it all as one thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He's amnesis. We are present. We are present on that hill where Jesus was crucified. We are present at the Last Supper where he consecrated the first gift okay. of his blood and of his blood and, and flesh. We are there with him that's hard to wrap our heads around because we're human and we can't get quite out of that that's why we have that prayer it takes that leap of faith Yes. and there's enough I could go deep into theology I'm not expert on it but we could have somebody go deep into theology and all of the evidence and all the information points us to where it doesn't take a leap of faith that doesn't have support and foundation to it mm-hmm. the leap of faith is very much uh, a leap of faith that our intellect leads us to Faith and reason work together, and our reason leads us to this leap of faith, but it does take that little bit of faith on our part because yeah. we can't see it with our own eyes, yeah we have to trust that it is what he says it is,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and at that point he he transforms us into his own flesh and blood,
3: yeah,
1: and then We receive it back to be strengthened, Mm. to go on the journey because we have to come back down the mountain. I told you we rang the dinner bell and we called the communion of saints together. Well, the heavenly saints, they're going to stay on the mountaintop. Mm. But after communion, we get sent back down the mountain. We have to go out to bring others to the mountaintop. Mm.
3: Mm.
1: We have a mission. We don't just go back out and just go do what you do. We're sent out. Yeah. Go bring the rest of my family to the mountaintop. Go bring the rest of my creation, the body of Christ, to the mountaintop. I no longer go to Mass because it's what I'm supposed to do because I check the box. I go to Mass now because I can't imagine denying God of his greatest joy of bringing the full body of Christ together in that moment. Mm. So that we are all gathered at the table and join in the heavenly feast. Mm on top of the mountain and it's tough i asked some kids that have climbed to the tops of some mountains in colorado i said so when you get up there do you say well we did it and you turn around and come right back down oh no (laughs) they want to sit there and enjoy it for a little while they want to look at the view and they want to kind of just you know languish in their accomplishment of having made it to the top well that's what i want to do when i when we get to that moment of mass I love the Saturday Easter Vigil because it takes a long time. Mm. I don't like a short mass. I want to languish on the top of the mountain. I want to be there Mm. and enjoy the view and appreciate what it's like to be there with Christ at the very peak. But he says, not yet. It's time to go back down the mountain. Mm. You need to go back out there and you need to bring others to the mountaintop with you next time. And we have a mission. And so... If I believe, if every Catholic, cradle Catholic, otherwise every Catholic out there, fully understand what happens at Mass, there would not be a Catholic ever that would walk away and say, "Yeah, I don't like this music or I don't like the preaching." It, that wouldn't matter. Yeah.
3: Because
1: they would understand how beautiful it is to get to the top of that mountain.
3: Yeah.
1: So, questions or anything about it or?
2: I, uh, you, it's beautiful. I think I think you've done an amazing job of, of explaining that um, to all of us very well, and to, to really helping us to to be able to go to mass and really bring it to a new level and and you know scale the mountain. That's that's what we're that's what we're working towards. So yeah. I say thank you very much for that. But I hear often when I talk to people, and I know I experienced it in my own life as well. Just um, you know, maybe an inattentiveness or a mind wandering or whatever. And you know, when you talk about it so beautifully, it's hard to believe that anybody's mind could wander, right? Because it's it's such a beautiful event that we're we're assisting with when we're when we're at mass. Um, how could our mind wander in this beautiful thing? So, so some tips on on how to make that better for for everyone who struggles with that.
1: So, tips on how to. Get to that mountaintop and, and keep focus. So I really think that process has to start before you get there. If I walk into Mass at the last second and Father's already about to start up the aisle and the music's starting and everything, and so I hurry and get in the pew and I'm catching my breath and I kneel down for a second because that's what you're supposed to do, right? So you just kneel down for a second and then you catch back up. Probably I'm not going to catch back up the rest of Mass because there's so much happening, I'm just not going to get caught back up. Yeah. So I need to start thinking about my life before I go to Mass. What is going on this week? What have I been dealing with this week? Yeah. And just preparing myself, what am I going to put in the bread today? What am I going to put in the cup today? If I'm trying to do it at the last second, then those distractions get in the way pretty yeah. easily. If I prepare ahead of time... And then I can be there. There's also a very particular time in Mass. There's actually two times in Mass, the beginning and the end. But we do what is called the collect, the collect collect. Mm-hmm. And that would be something that everybody would recognize. All right? after the introductory rite, and we've done the Gloria, Father says, let us pray. He usually chants it much better than I could do, but let us pray. And in that moment, he puts his hands up and he even puts them up in a posture that's kind of at an angle that would receive from us and then reflect up to heaven, whatever it is we're offering. He's mm-hmm. a conduit, if you will, in that moment. And he says a prayer. The collect is a prayer. And he says a prayer that is what I would call a little bit of that generic prayer. Uh, Lord, help us enter into the mysteries of your uh, you know, body and blood here with and he'll say something that's kind of a generic thing, right? It's, but that's that moment. It's called the collect, The collect, and there's a moment of silence. The missal even says, after a period of silence, the priest says the following prayer. Mm. The period of silence is my opportunity mm. to say, okay, God, here's what I'm dealing with. Yeah. This is what I'm bringing to you. I want to put this in the bread and the wine. Help me know how best to do that. Yeah. This is my struggle. This is what I want to bring. Yeah. Oftentimes, if that silence is more than a second or two, people are looking up there like, doesn't that altar server know what they're supposed to do? You're supposed to get that book over there in front mm-hmm. of Father, right? Mm-hmm. No, that silence is, it's too short. Yeah. I wish that silence was 20 seconds or 30 seconds. Yeah. Give me time to put myself into the mass, Yep. to bring myself to God. All right. So that preparation on the tail end of mass before we're sent out, right before the final blessing and send off, let us pray the collect. He's collecting us and he'll say a generic prayer. Let us sharing in this body and blood of Christ help strengthen us for whatever. Okay, I'm about to go back out there. And God didn't take away all of my struggles. He just strengthened me and joined his self to me in those struggles. Mm. I am now ready to go back out and face the daily grind or the news that I might face. I'm um, I'm better off now. I'm stronger. Yeah. So that well, focus in on a couple of things. And finally I would say the other thing is don't there's so much happens in that hour. Don't let all of that distract you. Focus in. If the only thing you can do is go to Mass this next Sunday and say, Okay, God, when I hear Father say, Let us pray, I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm going to do a little work ahead of time, but I'm going to think about that. And then, oh, yeah, the gifts, the gifts. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let anything distract me from thinking about putting myself in the bread and the wine. Mm -hmm. Whatever else happens, if I don't hear the homily, if I forget what the readings are, if I want to get to where I can do all that. Yeah but this Sunday if the only thing I do is think about the bread and the wine and putting myself in there and don't try to put it all in there this Sunday just think of one thing you want to put in there Mm. put one joyful thing in and one broken thing next Sunday maybe add a thing but focus in we get so easily distracted because we try to do it all and I promise you I've in the last 18 years I've learned what happens at mass I've studied it and I'm not even close to fully understanding the fullness of what happens at Mass. I've got a little little bit of a drop in the bucket yeah. of what really happens. And if I tried to do it all, I would get lost. Yeah. So just do it a little. Mm. He'll Thank do you. the heavy lifting.
0: Yep. He thank will. you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you own a service or business, or if you're an individual who would just like to underwrite this One Body show, please know your spot will run three times during this show, which runs five times a week. Interested? Call 785 621 4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts
4: One body in God's creation.